Hello again and welcome to another episode of College Football Down Under. My name is Aaron Kemp and this time I'm joining Will Murden with a husky voice this time. The old uh, pipes aren't working real well, but how's it going today, Will? You're back, mate. It's so nice of you to join me today. Mate, you are holding this team together. How are the shoulders, buddy? Oh, absolutely. I am the Chris Judd of this outfit at the moment. I've got them all strapped up and I'm trying to guide us through Far out it was hard work without you. Yeah, I mean, it sounded like a car crash. You were nervous about it. You didn't know what was happening. And it sounds like the good people out there have got behind you kind of like... It was like a participation award by the sounds of things. Like, you did a good job, kind of. And they were like, yeah, well done, buddy. Good yeah, job. Absolutely. Hey, and I'll, I'll, I'll take that. It was really nice to hear from a couple of people after the episode because it was bloody hard. Like, there was a lot of prep that needed to go into it. And it, it ended up taking... A lot longer than I was hoping to. Like I was up past 1am trying to finish things off and my God, it was just not something that I want to have to do all that often. So if you could just stick around. Yeah, I haven't missed a lot. I feel, or not missed a lot, but certainly been away a fair bit. I guess my other option is just to have a few more mates. I mean, someone that, else I could bounce yeah, this off of. I mean, yeah, that is certainly an option. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully you will do most of the talking tonight just as my voice is recovering and obviously I'm doing the right thing by it with the lubrication that it is receiving tonight. A couple of beers you got in front of you. Yep. Exactly. Uh, so a big, uh, weekend of college football coming up, obviously you had a massive one last weekend in rivalry week and that did not fail to deliver on any level, which is fantastic. Absolutely not. No, my uh, lay down Sally was you missing out on a lot of the action because it was so good. I know you're excited about it. And then you kind of missed out on some really, really cracking matchups. So I was disappointed for you. Thanks, dude. Thanks for that. Hey, I'm here for you. No, you're not. No, you're right. Yeah, you're fucking. All right. <laughs> which is also obvious in your drinking ability these days. No, my drinking ability is still top-notch. It's just the day after that things start to fall apart pretty quickly. (laughs) All right, so we've got some news to get to to start with. We've got Will's South Pole, which I can't believe is still a segment, but we'll do it anyway. Bold predictions, we've got game previews, and we will go through all the championship games. Will is our group of five aficionados, so he'll be able to take you through all of those. We've got championship draft and on the punt as well, so let's get straight into it. I thought we would start today, William, with a little bit of coaching news, because as teams come to the end of their season, and for some teams they will not play again, obviously if you didn't hit that six win mark, you're not going to a bowl game, then your season is done, which leads to the removal of a whole lot of coaching staff or staffs. And these are some quick updates, so please jump in if you would like to. We'll keep this short because we'll go into more detail in the future, but Clay Helton to be retained at USC. Yes, so was fired and then not fired, and it was kind of a weird one. So, so he was? I didn't even know this. Well, no, so someone... I've been living under a rock, obviously. The, yeah, the, there was a media release. I did see that. Not so much from USC, no. but it, it was put out there that he was fired, and that was kind of the... Uh, conception that had had gone around yeah he's done he's gone uh, and no one was all that surprised I suppose but then there was a little bit of wait maybe not maybe he's still around and then the photo appeared of him after this report came out with a recruit trying to get him on board and it was like well that's a bit of a weird thing to do if you've been fired for the job and now we've heard from the AD at USC that they're retaining him sticking true what are your thoughts on that is that I know, again, not deep dive, I'll just go good, yes or no. 
Uh, I'm okay with it, yes. And, and we can talk about this at a, a later section. We're, we're going to have a bit of time over the next few weeks with probably less on the plate with with a few of the games. And I really do want to kind of jump into a few of these. Okay. But uh, yeah, for mine, off the bat, yes. Okay. I may have a different opinion, but we'll see how we go. Uh, Mike Leach was extended at Washington State. Five years. Bit of noise uh, around him and the SEC. So a few suitors and they've tried to lock down their man, which I like. I'm all for it. Yeah, I mean, Washington State are on a good thing with him. He's been mostly successful there. So, yeah, not a bad shout. Barry Odom at Mizzou, Matt Luke at Ole Miss, and Steve Adazio at Boston College get their marching papers. Any great surprises there? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe uh, Adazio at BC. Yeah, I, I think six years or seven years he's been there and six bowl games in seven years. Like, Correct. I, I don't know what they're expecting. I don't yeah. know if they, they think that they should be more of a Clemson-type unit, but they've been super competitive in every year that they've played. They've made these bowl games. They're, they're not getting to those 10-win seasons that perhaps are mm. after, but they're certainly not disappointing. And, and this isn't a school with a huge like rich history of, of heaps of success. So I, I was surprised in that one, but interesting to see what, what shakes out there and, and then where he heads as well because I need to know where I'm going to be punting next because apparently he's, he's my guy follow. to follow. Yeah. yeah. Now, just a quick one before I do continue. Cans are really hard to open quietly. Yeah, you're trying to sneak that one away there and I don't think it's working so well. <laughs> yeah, so away we go. Uh Former Rutgers head coach Greg Schiano has been hired. By Rutgers. By Rutgers. Yeah. So he was a Rutgers man going back, I can't remember how long, then he was picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL. And that was an absolute dumpster fire. That was. And then he uh, was at oh, uh, sorry Ohio State as a defensive line coach and there during when they the won their national championship. Shortest coach in history at Tennessee when he was... That's right, I forgot about that. Appointed as coach and this was in and around the Sandusky scandal and he was tied in with that. So there was reports that he knew of what was happening in and around there. And then a the petition stu- went Yeah, the student body and- protested to the point where they retracted it and, and went away from and he got a bit of money for that as well obviously so a bit of an awkward one there i think yeah but now he's gone back full circle back to Rutgers. what are your thoughts on that one uh retreads i mean we saw it at louisville with petrino that didn't go so well second time around uh you know there have been others I don't know. I mean, what have Rutgers got to lose, really? Exactly. They ain't getting any I mean, worse. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a big name, I suppose, relatively speaking, and, and he gets another crack at it. And he'll have as much time as he wants there. There's probably less pressure for him to go and perform now. Yeah, so. or he got the big contract. He'll be able to set that up. He's been in that Ohio State program, so he's refined his art. Like, he was already a well-credentialed, top head man but the ability to sit in a program like that and work with a guy like urban meyer can only help in my eyes so i think that that's a good one for them a good get for them yep and the last one which we will definitely spend some more time on is chris peterson stepping down at washington my boy now washington's had a rougher year than probably they used to but this was this was a surprise. He certainly was in no danger of being removed or anything like that. This this appears to be nothing to do with performance this season. No, not at all. So this is certain his decision that he's made, 
and it's very much just come down to a bit of burnout by the looks of things. So a few health issues, I think, in the family as well is yeah, what I'm hearing, I, I, but that's rumours. Okay, so. yeah, I, I haven't seen anything like that. It, all the reports have just been that he kind of wants to step away from the game. It was interesting. There was a, a conversation caught before the game with Washington State with Mike Leach, and he was kind of insinuating that this might be like enjoy your time off sort of thing. Like he, Mike he, Leach was saying Yeah, that. Mike Leach so was saying So he knew this. ahead of time Exactly right. Like it was, yeah, it was a bit uh, interesting seeing that as, almost as if he'd predicted it, that he needed a bit of time away to recharge. And he's one of the top five coaches in all of college football in, in my mind. I've always been a big advocate of his. So this is a, a massive one for that program because without him there, they're – they th- that throws things up a little bit. Yes, he's going to be around in some sort of advisory Not role. Throws up, mate. Just sorry, push on. I will. But yeah, w- what happens next for him will be interesting. Is it something where he takes the year off, gets renewed uh, energy, and comes back at it, or does he become a free agent? And I, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, there was this talk, you know, after the Boise State, Chris Peterson got offered jobs all over the country, and. He not uh, not USC, not USC. No, but the, I mean, there's talk that he likes a bit more rural areas, and and he's you know gone on air saying that sort of stuff. He's not chasing a big SEC, a big city kind of job. He clearly likes the Pacific Northwest, and that's kind of where he wants to be. And he feels at home there, and he is staying on as some sort of advisory role or, or a job within the university. Yeah, I did say that. Oh, sorry, I wasn't. I try not to listen to you where possible. Um, but, like, it's not like he's completely looking to chase another job. It, this isn't NCAA for him. No. Like, no, no. He, he's, but, not, he's not trying to play for a bigger job or a better job or more money or anything like that. Are there any similarities with the Urban Meyer Florida deal? With his time there and then the burnout. That was health related as well for him. And then him stepping back, taking a couple of years off, and then taking a job at another flagship program in Ohio State anything you know along the same lines there they seem like different I don't I haven't read enough about Peterson I know a fair bit about Urban Meyer and he just seems like a full noise and you know type A personality where he just he can't, he can't help himself and he's just got a short shelf life well he's I, been I don't an know. excellent uh, coverage guy for ESPN in real interesting there. analyst he's been awesome yeah real fantastic um, he's got some stuff on YouTube as well where he talks about a whole bunch of different stuff offensive defensive things to give the listeners a bit of an understanding of different coverages and what they're trying to do and some film breakdowns so really interesting but yeah the, I mean I could see that, but it wouldn't surprise me if he's like, yeah, I want to come back to Washington though. Like this, I feel like this puts Washington in an interesting position because he's staying on at the university and he might say, well, actually, I just need 24 months and I need to get my home life right or my, I need to spend time wherever else in my life. I need to sleep more than three hours a night. Yeah, exactly. And then, so what a, and, and then he's like, well, I will want to come back. What do Washington do? Do they go and try and jag a big name and, and go business as usual? Or do they do they put someone in a caretaker role for 12 months? Like, what does that do? One of his program? lieutenants, yeah. Uh, like, it's a bit of an awkward spot for Washington. So I'm not exactly sure how that plays out. But so watch this space, I suppose, around the Huskies and their head coach. We've done well for something we weren't going to spend a lot of time yeah, on. Yeah, I know. Sorry about that. All right, let's jump into the South Pole then. What does it mean? Where are we at? 
And do we really care? Yes, absolutely we care. I'm sick of you bagging my South Pole. This is a ripper of a, a pole. Shit segment. Because a shit segment. once again, it shows that the top eight remains unchanged. Oh, you're such a hero, Will. Absolutely I am. I've picked an amazing uh, formula here to devise who the best teams in the country are because... It doesn't adjust all that much. Whilst there are yeah, these you big don't ups- adjust it that much. Like it's not like <laughs> it's not like other people are sitting here having an input. It's like, oh, I'm not adjusting it. I've done a great job. Losses will certainly hurt you. And only one of the teams that I had in from last week dropped on the weekend in Alabama. But they have enough in their resume that they don't slide the whole way out. They just move down a few spots. Careful. So for mine, Ohio State, LSU, and Clemson still one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. I have Three teams behind them that have all moved up one spot. So I have Utah, who's jumped up to four, Georgia, who's jumped up to five, and Oklahoma, who have jumped up to six. Mm-hmm. So Georgia take the first at-large bid. So that's all your... Power five conferences. Power five conferences, yeah. Correct. Plus SEC, Georgia, uh, Georgia with the first at-large. Mm-hmm. The second one is Alabama. So Three SEC teams. Three SEC Interesting. teams. Interesting. I know, but that's how things have shaken out. I'm not, I don't love that. But if anything, I think that'll help this poll grow because the SEC fans are savages. So they're going to be all about the fact that they could get three in this one. I mean, yeah, they yeah. probably want three in the top four. Who am I kidding? Uh, <laughs> the group of five one I had in previously and still have is Memphis. Yep. I think so, so, so they're the team. Uh, I think with that group of five one, it's an interesting one because if Memphis lose to Cincinnati and App State win the Sun Belt, then App State are the team for me. They take that spot. They've earned that right. If Memphis lose and App State lose, fuck, that's where that's the disaster <laughs> scenario. Like Navy get in. Ugh, and that, yeah. And they've proven that they can't roll with the big dogs because they got creamed by Notre Dame. Correct. Sitting outside of the eight uh, from the Power Five groups, I have Wisconsin and Baylor. So obviously either, they're, they're a long way back for me. Correct at the moment, but either of those guys win. Like I don't have Baylor a long way back from Oklahoma. Okay, I guess we'll talk about that in a second. The only issue that I have with the South Pole and these either top four or top eight, whichever way you want to look at it, or another issue I have with it, is that the reason for doing this is you want to see the teams play out on the field. That's That was the whole purpose is that you're putting – you're putting the results in the hands of the players and the coaches and the games themselves, not on a computer, not on if this, then that. Yep. These teams have all played. Alabama's played LSU. They lost. Georgia will play LSU. Someone's going to win or lose there. They have their chance. Now, best team or not, I know you can easily make an argument that the SEC is stronger and all that sort of stuff. You want the results to play on the, on the field. You're giving them the opportunity to do that, but you're still leaving them in there. That's what I don't fully appreciate with these. And I know you're always going to get that, but I can see why they stay with four now with, all, with these losses happening. Why do we need eight teams? Because they've already had an opportunity to play a big game. They lost it. They didn't take their opportunity. And now you've got to move on. Yeah, but how can you leave? So let's say we things remain as is. Or let's say Georgia beat LSU uh, this weekend. And then on the back of that, we end up with LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia all in. Yeah. All four, there's a very likely scenario that that happens mm. in, in that. And then you've got a one-loss Utah and a one-loss Oklahoma as champions of their conferences who do not get a shot to play. You're fucking kidding me. Yeah, I Those agree. guys haven't played well, I don't think Georgia guys. should be in there, though. I know they would be, but I don't think they should as be. As the SEC champ, you don't think they should be? 
They lost to South Carolina. That's it. It's one, one loss. They've then beaten the number one team in the playoff poll. Like, I don't know. I, I just think you need to increase it to be able to get all of the Power 5 conferences in. And I think what you're saying also speaks to the fact that we need to have a spot for the group of five because we want to see what they can do. They haven't got to yeah. play any of these guys. We don't get to see that. Yeah. I mean, all those points are fair and I guess it's just more different perspectives and different arguments that come up to prove that this is an imperfect system. I think I've figured out why you don't like this because I'm right with all of my points that I put out here and you do not like that. Yes. <laughs> there we go. But, I mean, no, that's not exactly what it is. I just, I've still got issues with bits and pieces of it. Either that or college football has got to take a step forward and say that, well, we acknowledge that teams have losses and that's okay and that the team that you have losses against isn't necessarily going to impact you moving forward that heavily, particularly if it happens early on. And I know that's sort of been the way anyway, but it's kind of like, well, every team's allowed to have losses. We're just going to pick the teams that we think pass the eye test the best, e.g. Georgia, Alabama. All right. Okay. All right. Bold prediction time. Now, are we going to run bold predictions this week? I didn't go so well on the whole like picking of conference uh, sorry rivalry no, games and good. things you did good so you picked uh, almost exactly half i think a little bit under half of the matchup names which is pretty impressive because some of them are just whack and it'd be yeah. weird if you did know them so that was good i think you're just angling at this because you know how that ended up so you picked 15 correct tips in that of the 29 i got 14 so you came out on top but obviously, I didn't pick all of those. Like I was given, I was Correct. gifted some of them, and likewise. Correct. Yeah. yeah either way, but you ended up out on top, so that's good. First bowl prediction, right for you, sort of this year. Yay! Happy days. Yeah. But no, I don't think we'll do the pick, and we'll make our predictions in the previews. Let's just go with a bowl prediction. You got something in mind? Yes, I do. I'm going to say now, LSU is currently a seven-point favorite against whoever they're playing, Georgia, yep. in the SEC Championship game. I'm going to say that LSU is going to win by more than three out of four of the other Power 5 conference games added together. Wow. So, okay. So the winner of Utah-Oregon, hypothetically, the winner of Utah-Oregon plus the difference in that game plus the difference in Baylor-Oklahoma, plus the difference in Ohio State-Wisconsin will equal less than what LSU beat Georgia by. Well, so we're not including the Clemson one. Well, we I'm going to... <laughs> I mean, Let's not do that. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm, not, I'm not going to include that. Okay. Yeah. Well, like, how about we just have one here because I, I think we can... I've, I've gone something similar to yours, but let's just say I think that Utah will beat Oregon by more than what LSU will beat Georgia. Oh, okay. If you want to go with that, we'll go head to head. All right, eh? And again, one of us has got to be right, so we'll feel good about that. Yeah, all right. But yeah, I'm backing in Utah. I think they're going to win convincingly to the point where they earn a shot in the playoff. And, and, that, and that was kind of my take on this. It was going to be like a two, three touchdown win and things were going to go their way and they were going to make it in. But I'm happy to go head to head with you and, and say that. Okay. Um, so say yours again. You think that Utah are yep. going to beat Oregon by more than LSU beat Georgia. Right. And I'm going to say that LSU are going to win so big. Well, no, no, no. All you need is the flip side of that. Oh, okay. Right. So, I still think my one's going to happen anyway. If I get both of those, I'll be... Yeah, sure I mean, thing. I'll, I'll be due. 
you I'll can get too. two of our imaginary pats on the back. Thank you. Thank you. A bit like you running your own show last week. All right, there is our bold prediction, short, sharp, and shiny. It is game preview time now, so we have got all 10 games that we will address some quicker than others. Um, but it's championship weekend and we have teams that haven't played each other. We've certainly got rematches of particular interest and I really enjoy watching rematches. They have so much more value when you watch the original. But part two can be super interesting because coaches often say in football that playing a team a second time is really, really, really difficult. There are issues around game planning. There's little tweaks you're trying to make. Are you going to have success in the same area that you had success last time? Possibly, but then your opposition will be looking to address those things themselves. So how are you going to go about it? Uh, So it's a really interesting one. And you see in the NFL, very rarely do teams... Yeah, depends if you're in the AFC or not. But generally, the... Teams in the NFL don't win both times against division opponents where they play them twice every year. It just doesn't happen that much, particularly if they're close in talent-wise and ability, which most NFL teams are. So any teams that that are close aren't going to get swept here. So that's not them winning at home either side? And and that obviously plays into it as well, whereas these championship games are at neutral sites often. Often, Uh, not always. Not always. Um, But I I think that's just another thing that plays into it. But it is, it is an awkward one that you get round two. And that's not... So we deal with it all the time in Aussie rules. We yep. play teams week in, week out. Um, we play teams two or three times a year. And that's okay. We're used to it. These guys don't do that that much. And it's a different game when you play a team second time. It's certainly where coaching comes to the forefront and making adjustments. So there's in-game adjustments. And that's where you have the real elite are able to do that, where they go in at halftime and come out a completely different unit, turn things around and manage to win a game. But then it's the, the bigger scale of that to say we're playing them again. And it's, it's really, you know, trying to be cunning and to outwit your opponent to say, all right, what are we going to take away that they did last time? But what are we going to change so that we know they're focusing on that? But maybe we'll, we'll keep doing that or we're going to change it. Like it's, but you also want to stick with your base plays that you've, you run hundreds of times at training. Exactly what you do best. Yeah, so exactly. It's trying to find the right combination of things mm. to, to win. And that's where this game gets really interesting. I think that's why a lot of people get attracted to this game because it, there's a lot of strategy to it. Absolutely. You're talking a chess match out there and it's really intriguing. So you, you will get to see this with a lot of these rematches. For and sure. I think there's two particular ones and we'll get to obviously both of those, but there's two in particular that I think stand out as posing to be really good uh, rematches of in-game seasons. But here we go. Pac-12 championship game, Utah versus Oregon. This one's played in California. I think for me, if Utah win, they're in the college football playoff. Now that is pending another result, obviously, but I think Utah, if if they win, they're in. Utah have been absolutely destroying teams recently, controlling both lines, accumulating big leads, and then just kind of settling in, running the ball. Tyler Huntley has been ultra, ultra efficient. I know you've been banging his drum, not literally, but banging the drum for him all year. And no, I've got so. a drum with his name on it that I bang when I get home. Ooh, okay. Um, but I had my early doubts on him. But, you know, he's been fantastic. Zach Moss has been breaking school records all over the place. And I think as long as they can get Zach Moss going, there's no reason that retouch... That, what? There's no reason that retard. That's not right. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I, don't know. I haven't had much that? sleep either. I'm, I'm coming off very little sleep. So uh, Utah shouldn't win this handily if they can get Zach Moss going. 
On the flip side of this, you've got Oregon's defense that was considered the class of the Pac-12 and certainly up there in the nation, but things have fallen away pretty badly down the stretch, especially against the pass. So it'll be interesting to see how that matchup takes hold because I think that is the matchup, Oregon's offense, Utah's defense, that will decide this game. Yeah, okay. I mean, Utah's defensive front is best in the country, I think, from statistical measures. Their run defense is insanely effective and Bradley Anae there is a pass rushing machine he is a freak he's something like 330 pounds and just does work or am I thinking someone else Bradley Anae is pretty skinny he's like an outside he's like an edge rusher okay maybe I'm thinking one of the boys inside one of those big Polynesian yeah <laughs> absolutely you know they've got a few of them but all across there they've been so successful all year and I expect to see that happen again. And then we're going to have a situation where they're expecting Justin Herbert to step up and win this football game. And we haven't seen that yet. And I haven't seen it. back to the well with this, I which I like because I was... Exactly uh, I was right. You could, I think you said this in like the pre-season yeah, yeah. shows. That yeah, we haven't seen it and we were waiting to see it. And then we've kind of had glimpses, but we haven't seen it. But not enough for me. It's it's just not there. Not against this Utah team. This Utah team is pretty special, and and I I really like to see that from a program that's not always in these dizzying heights and and competing for this. And and these guys are certainly here this year. They've got all the pieces. They've got that perfect run of a quarterback who's not a superstar, but certainly in full control of the offense that they're running. They know what they're about with their running back and what they're doing there. And then their defense is how they win their football games. It's all based around that. So it's all looking good for them. And I am confident that they're going to go in and just absolutely smack Oregon here. Wow. Okay. I kind of disagree. Okay. But, I, but I don't really know why. I believe that Utah's defense is good. I'm not confident in Oregon at all. What I am confident in, this is the only thing I am confident in is that the Pac-12 of any conference knows how to shoot itself in the foot. I'd say face. But yeah. <laughs> and for that reason, Utah is the better team at the moment. They should beat Oregon, but I'm taking the Ducks because that's what happens to yeah. the Pac-12. See, we've got a real role reversal here. I'm saying Justin Herbert needs to step up. You're saying Pac-12 is going to be all Pac-12. <laughs> like We're just talking each other's language here. Something's a bit weird, but... yeah. No, okay. I mean, that could certainly happen. I would be disappointed for the Utah. So would I. And I like really like else. Kyle Whittingham. I think he's fantastic. Uh, I could also just see Utah coming out and just steamrolling them, like real old school rugby style, yeah. just kind of like moving down the That's field. That's where I'm at. That's what I think them. is going to happen. Yeah. And crushing them will live. But there we go. I'm taking the Ducks with no confidence. All right, let's jump across. Now, that game is on Saturday as well at 11.30, so... Um, you know, do watch that game if you are here in Australia. There's no sport on unless you're a cricketer. Mm, don't know why you would be. Uh, yeah, or if you are, you can get it on your phone these days. Bring it out in the field. Yeah, yeah. or not even the field. Like if your team's at bat, like just say, Certainly hey, if you're at skip. bat. But I'm thinking... Skip. I'm, like, I'm batting number 11 this week. First slip, get the helmet <laughs> from behind the keeper, whack it in front of you, sit the phone up in there and just have a watch. Yeah, that'll be good. And it's a perfect sport for that too because it's not always action. So as long as you're timing things up where he's running into bowl and there's not a big play going on, you're all sweet. <laughs> Sounds This good. could work. I think old Skippy would be happy with that. All right, 3.30 on Sunday, we have got 
the Big 12 Championship game. Baylor face Oklahoma at Jerry World in Texas. This is one of those rematches that we were talking about at the top. I think Oklahoma get this one and do it comfortably. Comfortably? I think so. Baylor had their chance. It was at home. They turned over Jalen Hurts early and they still couldn't hold on for the win. This time around, Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma will be leaving nothing in the tank. They'll be ready to go and they will be prepared. They're more talented. They get a second chance and it's at that neutral site in Jerry World. I'm I'm all in on Boomasuna. Okay. I can keep going here if you want me to break down Baylor, but I'll let you have a go first. Yeah, no, I, see, I'm not. I, I believe Baylor is going to win this matchup. Whoa, okay. And I got to see the power of Oklahoma firsthand last week coming up against my Cowboys, and, and they were very good in that game. Yep. Uh, but that's the first time that they've been very good in quite a while. I think mm-hmm. the month before that, they were scratchy. They were. Scratchy. Yeah, don't disagree with that. And, and they've played some good teams. I mean, they played Baylor and they won in that one in a scratchy fashion. So there's no discounting that. But for me, Matt Rule and what Baylor have done has just resonated to the point where I think they're going to be able to pull this one out. It's going to mean a little bit more for these guys. This is similar to the Utah situation where they're not used to being at this level of success. And for some, that might be kind of a, a negative because mm-hmm. dudes can get nervous, they haven't been on the big stage, whatever it is. But I'm not seeing that with this Baylor team. They've really been relishing kind of the underdog role that they've played all year and that they've been a bit downtrodden. They're not really respected by anyone in the media, but they're just whacking teams. And, and, and they're looking good in doing it. They've got a solid defense, and I think things could certainly go their way in this matchup. And all they need is Oklahoma to, to kind of mess themselves up like they have been a lot and this time they're not going to look back so last time they jumped out got like a 28 to 3 lead or whatever it was yeah and then let OU back in this one this time around I don't see that happening I I see Baylor getting out in front but they ain't getting caught yeah I mean I I don't I'm, I'm a little bit unsure on where Baylor's offense is at at the moment I liked Charlie Brewer earlier in the season but if we go back in time, uh, now they trashed Kansas sixty-one to six. So let's push that one aside. Aside twenty-four to ten against Texas, they lose to Oklahoma. They go to triple overtime against TCU, which isn't great. And but if did, you look at the and didn't score two. points early. Hold up, West Virginia. They only put seventeen points on the board, and that was at home. There's been some inconsistencies around this offense as the season has progressed. I don't really know what they stand for. I don't have full confidence in their trigger man. And their offense is a little bit disjointed and it has been down the stretch. And that is where my concern is because you're going to have to play well consistently. I'm not saying they don't have it in them, but it would shock me if Oklahoma don't win this one. Now, they'll get their opportunities because Jalen Hurts will make mistakes. He'll do it again because that's what he does. But when he does create a problem, he seems to be able to solve it with either his arms or his or his feet and just start moving the ball however he wants to. I think he puts up big numbers again. They're the number one offense in conference. C.D. Lamb, Jalen Hurts, Kennedy Brooks got going last week and he's back from a bit of injury. I just don't see Baylor being able to do this twice. They're under, they don't have the talent to roll with them despite the evenness of the coaching matchup. Okay, yeah. And and I 
understand a lot of what you're saying there, mate. Well, that's good. I am speaking English, so I hope that makes sense. All Some, right. Sometimes. Sometimes. Even if I repeat what you're saying. All right, 7.30 on Sunday morning. This is the SEC Championship game. Georgia and LSU playing this one. Line is currently at seven points. Uh, I think that one is small. I believe that the bookmakers have... They're really putting a lot of faith in that Georgia defense and probably a lack of consistency in the LSU defense, although they did completely shut down Texas A&M last week. But I'm going to just quickly reel off some numbers again here for you around scoring because this is a scoring league now in college football. Georgia's scores against SEC opponents this year are 43 against Tennessee, which was big for them. And Tennessee weren't playing like they are now. Then 17, 21, 24, 27, 21, and 19 for Georgia's offense, which I have been on record saying time and time again is lacks explosion, uh, lacks consistency. Uh, Jake from despite his big arm, this pro-style offense isn't getting it done. LSU, on the other hand, spreading things out, have put up 66, 42, 36, 23 against a good Auburn defense, 46 against Bama, who at the time we thought were good, but have probably defensively struggled a little bit recently, and 58, 56, and 50. This is, I mean, I could have said this in a lot of shorter way, but point is, if you're Georgia, you're going to have to win this in a muddy, weird way because you're not going to be able to score enough points to, to hang with them in a shootout. Um, so, so any concern for you that Georgia's defense is better than Auburn's? I mean, that's a, that, that's a fact. It, 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 yeah, it's not a big enough difference to wipe out that kind of the point differential. It's To me, it's just not. And I know, don't get me wrong, the Auburn LSU game was what, a, a field goal? Um, but it, it's just not... It's not just that. It's that, okay, you've then... Georgia's then got to score. How are Georgia scoring points? Because LSU's defense is not bad either. Correct. Let's not pretend that LSU have got a, a crappy defense and they're winning this game 56 to 48. Like, they are a good defense also. Georgia's going to have to get weird. They're going to have to control the clock. Turnovers are going to have to lead to points. And then they're going to have to hold on for dear life if they're to win. Yeah, and I, like I tend to agree with you on this one. I think this is LSU. I think the number's bigger than than seven. I, I think that they win it comfortably. But there is certainly enough there on Georgia's defensive side of the ball that could have this closer than we may think. So the fact that that Auburn were able to keep that team to twenty four, and and I do consider this Georgia team to be better defensively than that will certainly make things interesting. But as you say, offensively, who's who's Georgia's best wide receiver? Well, probably Lawrence Cager, the Miami transfer, and he's out. He's not playing, so and he's George missed the last Pickens couple. Is, yeah, and George, George Pickens, Pickens is their number two weapon. He's missing the first half of the game after sending some dude's face screw into the, the wall, which was pretty badass. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Swift... Suffered a bit of a shoulder stinger on the weekend. Yeah. Who knows how much that's going to play into it. If you're talking those, like two of those guys unavailable for at least half the game, and the third, their number one their most explosive player, their most explosive is potentially player. banged up, there's no way this is close. No. That, that, there is way too much talent not available for this Georgia team there. So I think that might be a little bit disappointing. And, and that's why I think that will play into this. I think LSU will are the better team. They will win, but we're not going to get to see 
the two teams go head-to-head on an even playing field because Georgia are just so underdone for their offensive playmakers. And, and J- Jake Fromm will try and get it done, but it's going to be a 12-of-24 game for 160 yards and nothing that gets our dicks hard. Like, it's just no. kind of, yeah, well done. He, he probably won't turn it over, but they're not going to be able to keep up with that LSU offense. And, and yes, their defense will have their wins on the day. Absolutely. I LSU's mean, their not defense get is fantastic, particularly that Georgia back end with Jar Reed and Richard LeCount and those boys. Well, they are good. Their run defense. They are averaging something like 2.5 yards per attempt on the year and they've given up one rushing touchdown to a quarterback. <laughs> that's it on the that's, year. That's good going. That's good gear. Yeah, I mean, their defense is good, but you're not holding this LSU team to 14 points. That's not happening. And your offense needs to score. I, I mean, what what is a score that what what is a score that you would say that Georgia has to hit for them to win this game? Uh, they've got to get over twenty four points in my mind. Yeah. Okay. So if we revisit that, they have done that twice against SEC. Th- sorry, thrice against SEC opponents. Correct. Correct. 43, 24, 27. And none of them would have the same defensive unit that LSU, LSU have. Correct. Which is not a late. But it's still pretty darn good. Yeah, I just see such a fatal flaw in the number four team in the country. But anyway, uh, so both LSU for us, which is interesting. We agree. Mm. All right, ACC championship game. We're not going to spend long on this one. 11 o'clock game, Clemson and Virginia. Bryce Perkins decided that he was going to do everything in his power last week to ensure that it was the Cavaliers that get to get trashed by Clemson rather than Virginia Tech. So well done, Bryce Perkins on your fantastic game but now you get to take an absolute beating by the Tigers Clemson all the way for me if Virginia were within 14 points with 5 minutes left in the first half I would be shocked yeah uh, I'm with you this this one has kind of been boring like it's not something we've been looking forward to since like week 2 of the ACC slate it's yeah. kind of we've had them penciled in as the chance not just making it but as the champs in the ACC and there's nothing that's happened throughout the season no contender has come out of that coastal division that looks like they're within UNC pushed them really close though they certainly did and that happens was, every year that, exactly right that was fucking weird <laughs> but they're not within three touchdowns of this team new no. and we're not going to see anything crazy there I mentioned this uh, in the episode earlier in the week Trevor Lawrence is really coming on now too yeah and I mean they've just been sort of Somehow the national champions or reigning national champions are quiet achievers this year. Yeah. They started slow and now they are just ruining people. They're beating everyone by 40 points. Yeah. And they're still somehow third in the nation. Yeah. (laughs) And I kind of want Clemson to make a decent run because I think, you know, they have been undersold, undervalued, and, and I want them to say, you know what, screw you. We can do this. And they will against Virginia. It's more the playoff, I think. I don't... I don't, Davo Sweeney, and and this again, this is where good coaches come to the floor. Is that teams play bad games throughout the year, but it it doesn't happen in championship games to good teams, to well coached teams. They they get up and they even if they are you know underdone a little bit or they're competitive. And so Clemson is going to ruin Virginia here, and there's going to be nothing that Bronco Mendenhall can do about it. Yeah. All right, the Big Ten championship game. So this is Wisconsin after beating Minnesota last week and Ohio State who made a complete mess of what was supposed to be a good game last time out. Here is my take on it. I'm going to 
throw this in a bit of a different direction for whiskey. I think you have to roll the dice. We talk, This is the matchup game where Wisconsin, if they go and do what they do best, which is give the ball to Jonathan Taylor and try and run it, which is what they did last time, they're going to fall in a massive hole. This week, you put the ball in the hands of Jack Cohn and you sling it around and you hope that he has the game of his life. Because if you do the Jonathan Taylor thing, it is a guaranteed loss. I think you've got to come out, you've got to throw the ball around, hope it sticks, and then you can run Jonathan Taylor. I don't think you can open up with him and think you can hang with Ohio State. It's just, for me, it's not going to happen. I that, That's my take. It, it's a bit crazy. Jack Cohn played pretty well against Minnesota last week, led some long touchdown drives. I think you go with it again, see what happens. Don't get me wrong, it could come up snake eyes and fall flat on your face, but at least you won't die wondering. If you play with Jonathan Taylor, you're going to lose, and you know that from the outset. So why not? Yes, you've got a chance of losing big, but you've also got a chance of winning that way, I think. I think that's madness. I, I think you, you're you in a hole anyways. You're coming up against a really good team who outclassed you last time. So yes, something needs to change. You can't just keep wheeling out the same thing and expect that. But it's got to be something you're doing with Jonathan Taylor. He is the centerpiece of that unit. I, I don't know what it is, whether they're getting him out on more screen plays, whether it's flexing him out as a receiver, whether like... I don't know, pull everyone to one side off of your O-line. Like, get crazy there, but it's, for me, got to be through him. Yeah, like, oh, and that's possibly fair. I just mean don't hand it off to him in the backfield 35 times. Correct. Don't, don't bread and butter it. Like, yeah, don't, yeah. Don't go to your strength in this one because you're right. You're, you're, your strength You did is, that last time. Exactly right. Your work. strength is not as good as their sub-strength. <laughs> which is their run defense like that is still better than what they do and we saw that but I still believe he is a special talent and if you can scheme up some stuff for him and get really creative and and work things around there he's still your best bet to pull off an upset in this one yeah I don't know if Paul Christ is that kind of guy though either he's not oh, who am I thinking of Ken Wisenhunt in the NFL Chris Peterson in in college football who just dial up with stuff Gus Malzahn was always good for trick plays Les Miles Paul Chris isn't that guy yep um, so that's something we're probably not going to see but I think that's the way you do it because otherwise you're just you might keep it close but you're dying a slow death the other thing we saw last week was Justin Fields get that nicked knee. up a little bit yeah yeah so get in the backfield hurt that Ooh. take him out the game fairly Fairly. Yeah, well, absolutely. But if they can get pressure on him and any time there's that sort of collision in the backfield, especially if he's coming in with a, a bit of a gimp in that knee, that could certainly turn things around for them. And so, they don't have a lot behind him either. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Getting some pressure and some physical intimidation on him will keep him wary and, and that may have an impact Correct. Like there are certainly scenarios here where Wisconsin can play this close and even get over the top. This isn't like the Clemson Virginia game where Clemson can sit their starters at halftime and still coast to victory with their yeah. two day. This one is much tighter than that. Yes, Ohio State are the better team, but there are scenarios in my mind where Wisconsin can get out on top. Yeah, I, yeah. What's the percentage chance of Wisconsin winning at this stage? Like five. Yeah. It's like 5%. Yeah. Yep. We played yep. play the game 20 times. They win it once. Yeah. That's probably fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's jump across into the group of five now. 
Will, you are up, but let's dive in. Louisiana take on App State in the Sun Belt. Louisiana's only conference loss was to the Mountaineers earlier in the year. They lost that one 17-7. Both ball clubs have, I think, improved since then. Eli Drinkwitz has got my vote of confidence, so I'm taking App State. But I think it'll be more shootouty this time. Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly. I'm really big on the Sun Belt this year. I mean, both of these teams... Well, these two teams, especially, I suppose, have been really impressive. Uh, and they've stood up kind of out of conference as well. They've shown up in big games. App State are known for that. Like, they're always punching above their weight. Yeah. Ever going back to that big Michigan, win. Michigan upset. Then last year they had the Penn State almost upset as well. Like, you're still banging on about that, aren't you? Because you're, oh, I nearly picked it. <laughs> yeah, but it's all, but it's it's what they do. And, and they've been a very good football team. And the Sun Belt's not known for turning out very good football teams. So yeah. they they probably are, are looking towards the next conference realignment thinking, mm, we've got to shout at something better than where we're at at the moment. Yeah. I would have thought. If there is conference realignment coming. Well, there's always change. There there's, is always there's change. There's money changing hands, so that there's always that happen. But this one, I think, will be a fascinating game. Uh, Louisiana have been good down the stretch. Uh, I... I'm kind of backing them in with our whole championship draft thing that we'll touch on soon. Really need them to get the job done, especially in this one. Uh, for me, that that is a little bit more hopeful than anything else. But I don't know. I mean, we, we've seen this one play out, as you said, 17-7 to 7 last time around. Um, f- what What's it going to take for Louisiana to, to get it done over the top of this one? I'm not sure. That's a defensive tussle. I mean, Louisiana have done a lot more offensively past that game. So since then, they've been much more prolific. But Absolutely the same. I think both teams are averaging about 38 points a game, something like that. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be there'll be more in terms of scoring, I think, this time around. And, again, a, a retake on a game from earlier in the year, you're not going to see the same game twice. Correct. Correct. And I, I expect a lot more points in this one. And then, yeah, I don't know. Cool. All right, let's move on. <laughs> well, like, since App State have joined the Sun Belt, Louisiana's never beaten them. Yeah. So, is it going to happen here? No. I it- hope so. <laughs> All right. In the MAC, ooh, MAC. It is Miami, Ohio versus Central Michigan. This now, is like the ACC of the group of five. Mate, I mean, I've watched Central Michigan this year because Miami just beat them, which means, <laughs> hey, you guys, Oklahoma State lost to them two years ago, so let's just calm our shit down here. But Jim McElwain's first year at the helm this year, they were a one-win team last year against an FCS opponent. That was their single win for season 2018. Move that 12 months ahead. They're in the conference championship Yeah, with game. like six wins or seven wins. No, they've got more than that. They're going all right. I've got plenty of time for the Chippewas. <laughs> um, hey, let's just, let's just pump the brakes on that for a second. <laughs> See how accurate that is. Uh, but, you know, the, the last time that happened, such a big turnaround, was actually Miami, Ohio. And uh, they're eight and four, ball bag. So <laughs> not great. <laughs> I mean, hey, it's you know better than seven and five. Uh, so you know they do some really interesting stuff offensively. They are quite multiple. Uh, Jim McElwain has done a pretty good job. Apparently, for all we've heard, is he's settled in really nicely there into Central Michigan. And I'm going to take them. I think they're better than Miami. Yeah, I have to agree with you on that. I mean, that's uh, 
he's done an amazing job to turn things around and you tend to see that a bit in the group of five like a lot of volatility he did it last year who was the one last year well there year? was like UAB yeah well uh, they were out of football exactly right they didn't have a program and they quickly turned into conference champions so it just seems to be the way like you could probably say the whole of the group of five plus the ACC Coastal which probably belongs in the group of five you're fucking uh, well like that, but that's what you see they all win it you, oh, they we've, don't. we've had like a seven year Actually, cycle yeah, yeah everyone's won it everyone's won it and, and that's what we see in the group of five so uh, I, I don't know who who we like here all back in central Michigan but not with any great knowledge or confidence of this matchup okay Conference USA sees the aforementioned UAB and Florida Atlantic square off this one is in Boca Raton so the Owls get a home game down in South Florida uh, Lane Kiffin of course, the aforementioned Lane Kiffin, as we've spoken about many times before, uh, will win this one. UAB's offense won't be able to generate enough plays like they were last year. Their offense was fractionally more prolific, uh, but I'm I'm taking the Owls to to get over the line in this one in Conference USA. Yeah, I agree with you. Florida Atlantic have dudes. Like he yeah. started his own little. Uh, hard knock sort of yeah, crew yeah. down there. A lot of really talented guys, and and Lane Kiffin has something brewing. So they started the season disappointingly at zero and two, but I think that was against two pretty good teams from memory. I think they played Ohio State, and, and that's never got uh, Oklahoma. Didn't they play Oklahoma? Was that last year? Uh, I believe that might have even been both of them. Like they yeah. really, they really ran themselves uh, up against it to begin the year, and then since then have been really good. Yeah, they've been a much better team than most that they've come up against in Conference USA. Uh, UAB uh, super impressive again to be around and playing in another conference championship after being out of it. They'd be thrilled with that, but uh, I don't know. They they have neither of them have shown that they deserve to smash the other side. It'll, it'll be a tight one for me. I'll take the hours, but yeah, I don't know. Conference USA, again, doesn't move much for me. <laughs> All right. We'll get to two that definitely will. Hawaii and Boise State fight for the Mountain Here West. Here we go. Now we're talking. In a, this is a, a true, complete repeat of their in-season battle. Boise State are playing at home on the Smurf turf. They're the better team in this one, and they win this one easily for me against the bows sorry hawaii fans that's us i mean we're hawaii yeah, that fans. Is, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's the whole australian people and you're not wrong like it pains me to say i wish i had an argument uh hawaii have been good they've won their last four uh they've won in a in multiple ways you can yeah, say which now is too. handy handy like they played a decent army team and, and spanked them last week but that's mm, not army's meh yeah, decent. I'm not big on Army. And then if you look at the other... San Diego State are good. UNLV are not. Well, they just beat Nevada. Well, yeah, that's true. But yeah, like I mean, th- these are all good points. I guess the thing for me is Army's not a great lead-in match for <laughs> your conference championship game. Like they play an ugly brand of football, physical brand of football. It's not what you want coming into this one. We did see, and this is, we've talked about it a number of times this one, we've seen this one in season. We won't get the same thing, but in this one I kind of expect the same thing in that boys are going to come out by a lot ahead of this one, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. It's a hell of a road trip. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. Jalen Henderson is the quarterback uh, for Boise State again, uh, due to the injuries they have had, and that they've seemed to, you know, overcome those pretty easily. That may be a place where you can potentially get them. I don't know. He's more of the the runner than Hank Backmeyer is early in the year, so maybe. But the Hawaii defense is not great. Well, yeah. Um, and the other factor in this, I think I've, I've seen a stat somewhere that says. During kickoff, it's going to be something like 30 degrees Celsius in Hawaii for this one. It's going to be one degree in Boise, Idaho. <laughs> Those boys are not going to enjoy that environment. No. The, the potato and leek farmers of the world will tend to thrive in that. <laughs> the, the aloha fellas, not so much. So, yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Look for David Moore in the middle of that Boise State defense as well to make life really tough for Cole McDonald and that uh, and that really prolific offense for the Rainbow Warriors. Lastly, the big game. Well, this game will be far better to watch than the ACC championship game, I would suspect. But Cincinnati and Memphis do battle again in the American. This one is played in Memphis for the second time. Uh this one potentially is really, really interesting. I don't believe in the Cincy offense to score enough points. I don't think Michael Warren has the same day that he did last game, and I don't think he repeats that. He went over 100 yards. Uh, so if the Bearcats are to win, I think it has to look slightly different, and I think their defense needs to have more of an impact and stop that offense and maybe keep that you know, to kind of a, a 24-20, 21-24 win Uh if you know if they can have enough, maybe even lower than that. If it gets into too much scoring, uh, Memphis will run away with it. Yeah, okay. I think this is going to be a, a cracking matchup. It was good last week. I, I watched parts yeah. of that one and, and I really enjoyed it. And I think Cincinnati were missing a few in that one that they're expecting back as well. So they're a little nicked up. They're playing for a, a lot too. The, the winner of this one will more than likely get a shot in the Cotton Bowl this year, which is a group of six game. Group of six? Uh, New Year's six? New Year's six, yeah. I get that mixed up a bit. I think Dude, that's we're right. all over the place tonight. We're tired. You're it's tired. Friday night. I'm, I'm well slept. Don't worry about me. Yeah, okay. But I have no excuses for my mistakes. Um, so for that to happen or for that to be on the line is a big deal. And, and these teams are really going to be duking it out for that. So I think this is the ultimate scenario that we talked about earlier where it's coaching. It's, it's going to have a huge impact on this. And these are two well-credentialed coaches. I know Mike Norvell has some really interesting heat around him at the moment for some of the bigger programs like Florida State and, and a few of the others Miami. that are out there. <laughs> Wishful thinking. Uh, and the same goes for Luke Fickle and Cincinnati. He's been doing an excellent job with what he's been running at that program there. Uh, they've gone with double-digit wins in back-to-back years. So this one just comes down to that. I mean, I'm going purely with my heart in this one, so I'm not making it on the pump pick in it, but I'm going Cincinnati. I, I backed them in last year, last week to win, and they let me down. I'm not doing that again on the punt because <laughs> it just, yeah, I'm, I'm not that silly. But for my prediction, purely based on my heart, I'm hoping to see my Bearcats get the job done this year. Okay, fair enough. I Again, wouldn't shock me. Should be a fantastic, fantastic game. So looking forward to that one in the American. Okay. 
So, that's that. Championship draft time. It is, yeah, which is exciting. It's not for me because I've done very little research on this. I've gotten zero control. I've got no idea where we're up to. Help me out, Will. You've got all the control, mate. You are selecting first. So Hawaii beat Army 52 to 31, and you can pick whoever you want. Doesn't mean a lot. I'm taking Clemson. Yep, not available. So, the interesting thing before we dive into this is on the back of a couple of negative results for you last week. So, I think we had Michigan slide down with a big Massively, loss. yeah. We had, uh, who else was there? Oregon have been hurting recently. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota probably yeah minnesota dropped dropped massively so on the back of that and some really positive results for me this gap has tightened right up (sighs) so my sum total is 137 oh wow you are now at 140 wow three points ahead so last week you picked up indiana i picked up louisiana neither of them have done shit (laughs) Yeah. So, Louisiana win that championship game, and then App State's uh, six points there in a new at the moment are going away, and they're probably coming to Louisiana. So, that's a big swing. That could be enough. Have you got App State? You've no, got App I've State. I've got App State. That's Chill. what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not worried. Not yeah, worried in the slightest. You don't need to be too worried. But, <laughs> on from that, you're selecting. There's only three teams available that are ranked at the moment, and then there's a few... Uh, around the mark from there. So there's a couple playing in championship games that you might look at. The rest are kind of done and you're really just getting hypothetical on bowl games. So So the teams we've got are Virginia, Navy and Air Force. That are ranked, correct? I've just had an epiphany as I've watched this. Uh, And I'll get to it in a sec. Air Force, no. No dealio, I don't (laughs) think. I just... There's no way. Uh, Virginia... I do not see that being a contest in the ACC and they'll get smoked. On the bubble, I've got SMU receiving 50 votes. Yeah, you've got you've got them. I can't actually see how many votes Air Force are collecting, but it must be... Air Force are getting one point already in the AP poll. You might be looking at the... I'm looking at the AP poll. Yeah, they're, they're not getting a point. The Air Force? Yeah. Yeah, they're getting a point. I just want to see how many votes they're actually receiving okay. to to see what the difference is between... Them. Anyway, point is, I think if Virginia get trashed, SMU probably slide in. Um, Oklahoma State, the next one in there, receiving votes. So I still think there's actually some more votes to come for me. I'm going to take a game that we haven't actually spoken about. I'm going to take Navy because it's the Army-Navy game this weekend. Uh on the Sunday. And they're going to win that. And they're going to win that. And then they go to a bowl game. I don't know who they will get, but it could be an awkward one, especially if it's a team that doesn't play a triple option. I believe it's next Sunday as well, or next Sunday here. Oh, I apologise. Yeah. But you're right in everything that you're saying, apart from that. It is too, the 15th. No. Yeah, sorry. 15th of December. My bad. My bad. Uh, But... Yeah, so I'm going to take Navy. They win the Army-Navy game. I don't know that they jump up too far, too far, but then they go and play a bowl game and maybe they just win a weird one against... I don't know who they'll play. Uh, I don't know the bowl tines well enough to see where they're at. But I'm going to, So I'm going to take Navy, I think. Yeah, that's the smart play. If, if I had have picked first, that's who I would have gone. Virginia are going to get whacked and they're going to drop out and they've already had, like, what, four losses on the year. So mm-hmm. they go backwards in a big way. Navy will go to 10-2 and two after a victory, I expect, in that Army game. So that will only help move them up and then they win that bowl game. They're looking good. 
Air Force, yeah, maybe it's not a great choice, but it's not an overly sexy one. Outside of that, you really start to struggle at dudes who, who could jump in. So Kansas State, after beating uh, Iowa State, eight and four at the moment, win a bowl game, potentially could jump in. Uh, you're looking at Hawaii if they could knock over Boise potentially move yeah. themselves in in the Mountain West Championship game. But that ain't happening. Yeah, and I don't think that I've got boys as well, so that doesn't help me. The last one, I've got Central Michigan. So if they can win the MAC, yes, they've got those four losses that I, <laughs> I, I spoke about earlier. <laughs> Interesting. But the only other four-loss team in is USC, who have been finishing strong down the stretch. Real strong, exactly. So, I mean, on the back of all of that, I'm stuck with Air Force. I'll back in... <laughs> Air Force. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, you get a point this week at least. Yeah, which drops me another two behind you. Yeah. Um, so, wow. There we go. That is the championship draft for this week. All right, let's go on the punt with William. I'm going to hear this stupid drop one more time. Here comes the money. Here we go. The money talks. Here comes the money. Okay, mate. Well, you weren't here for the recap of last week, but I just want to let you know that we made some more money. Uh, not a huge amount. Another couple of units back in the bank to drag us towards uh, even. That's not what we're after. So I have three picks this week. Uh, I've kind of changed a bit on the fly here, which isn't good. Shouldn't be doing that. But I have, based off of your analysis, you, you've kind of sold me. So oh, wow. Initially, I was going to take... You've got to stay strong to your beliefs, mate. If you I don't know have I beliefs, do, you don't have anything. But I was backing Baylor to win outright. <laughs> and the argument you put through, and even when I was trying to sell you on Baylor, it's just not there, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, literally see the cogs turning yeah, in it's, your head. It's, it's not there. So we're not going to take Baylor win outright. We will take them with the points. So we're going to take the eight and a half. Uh, the reason that we're going to do that is that they have been good against the spread. So they're four and oh in the last four against the spread where Oklahoma on the other side of that are one and four. So we've got two teams opposite directions here at the moment. I'll take the eight and a half points and have Baylor keep it close. Uh, next one up, I'm taking Boise uh, minus 13 and a half. That's not enough points. They're going to win by more than two touchdowns. I really, really like Hawaii and the Rainbow Warriors, but unfortunately, I think the Broncos are going to win this big time. The four and one in their last five is a home favorite. They play that Smurf turf really well. Mm-hmm. Rainbow Warriors, on the other hand, five and 15 uh, in the last 20 as an underdog. Not good numbers. So... Boise there, minus 13 and a half. And the last one, uh, I'm whacking two teams together uh, just to win. So I'm saying Utah just to win and LSU just to win. Really going out on a limb there, mate. So those two moldied up is the same as one of them minus the points. So I'm, I'm just backing them to win in case something gets weird there. But three units on that. So we've got three units on that one, three units on Boise mining, minus 13 and a half, three units on Baylor plus eight and a half. And then we'll put two units. So we're going 11 units Ooh. here. We're getting after it. Two units on the multi for all of them. Okay. And will that get you back in the black? If they all get up, shit yeah. Big time. You'll be due. I think you can do it. I actually think you can do it. Thank you, mate. All right. This episode feels like it's gone for at least a million years, but that may be my sleep deprivation that I'm currently suffering from. Yeah, we are close to like the first game kicking off here, I think. Yeah. So. 
So Will's got to put all this together now. Uh, and I need to get to bed. But that does bring us to the end of our Week 15 preview show. This has got out later than usual. We do apologize, but hey, that's the way it goes, particularly as we get to the, towards the end of the season. Uh, we get towards Christmas time. It is all happening at the moment. If you have not subscribed yet, please do so on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple, on is there Google Podcast, probably uh, some sort of other pod capturing application. Please do subscribe. Tell all your friends. Tell all your family about us. Give us a listen. We are getting to the absolute pointy end of this season. This is a massive, massive weekend. If you do want to get in touch with us, as more and more people have been doing, which Will froths on, um, if there are things that does move his needle, that is it. Um, so please do hit him up or and us up at CFB Down Under on Instagram and on Twitter as well. That is all, unless you've got anything more from Week 15 preview stuff, William. No, mate, this is it. Conference Championship stuff. Enjoy, everyone. And we will go back to probably only one episode a week from this point out uh, as we get ready for, ready for the festive season and bowl games as well. But on behalf of that guy over there, my name is Aaron, that is Will, and we will see you next time.